I think it's I think it's true to say that we have all learned many things in life. We start in infancy, the way our parents bring us up, our time at school, our experience in adult life, and many things we know we can't remember when we learned them. But there are some lessons we can never forget. We can remember exactly when we learned them, where we were, how we felt, all the circumstances, even if it were many years ago. And this was one of those times for the Apostle John. In the first half of John chapter 13, he's writing about a lesson that he at least would never forget. The disciples were together with Jesus to eat the Passover meal. The public ministry of Jesus was over, and now there were some precious hours with his disciples before the trauma of his arrest, trial, and crucifixion. Judas Iscariot, who would betray him, was there with the others. For an evening meal like this, people would come washed and dressed and ready to recline at table. And as they entered the room, there would be a servant, preferably a Gentile servant, to wash their feet. In just open sandals, feet would have got dusty as they walked to the meeting place. It was a menial task, a comfort courtesy to the guests. But on this occasion, there was no servant. There was nothing to stop any one of the disciples from doing this job. But none of them did. It was too demeaning. It was the job of a low-ranking menial servant or slave. They would have washed the feet of Jesus if he asked, but they were not going to do it for all the others. Perhaps they looked round at each other. Perhaps one or two even thought about doing it, but decided against. It's not my job to be washing other people's feet. And so the meal began. The Apostle John, writing many years later, clearly remembers. In the middle of the meal, Jesus gets up, puts off his outer robe, fastens a towel round his waist, and with a bowl of water starts washing the feet of each man. So unexpected, so startling. Oh, John can see it clearly now. We're going to think about this uh, unforgettable lesson, who taught it, what it was, and what else it taught him. Who was the teacher? Can you imagine the scene? John is amazed. He's awestruck. He describes Jesus as he gets up. He says, Jesus, knowing that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. Well, the disciples had not yet come to the full realization of who Jesus was. That would come to them later after the resurrection. But at this moment, Jesus was fully aware of who he was. He had come from his Father in heaven, leaving the glory of heaven. 
And previously, he told that to the Jewish leaders. And he knew, too, that the time had come when he was to return to his father. He told them that he was going to do this one day. Now the time had come. Come into the world on a mission. Now the time had come for him to complete it and return to the glory he had left. Then there is this remarkable statement. His father, God, had given all things into his hands. Or it can be translated, his father had put all things under his power. What does this mean? It means Jesus understood what his real standing and status was. He knew what Judas was about to do, but he was not, but he was in control, not a victim of circumstances. He knew the purpose for which he had come to that very time. He knew he was God's mediator. He was about by his death to bring about the way of reconciliation between God and all mankind for all time. It was in his hands to fulfill the sacrifices of the past and to open the way for the future for all time. It was a cosmic event and he knew it. He knew soon he would be revealed as the Lord of glory. The glory that he had had with his father before the world began. Knowing and understanding all this, says John, he washes our feet. In view of the ordeal to come, he might have been absorbed in his own thoughts. He might have looked for support and encouragement. He might have been upset at the selfishness of his friends, the betrayal of Judas. Instead, without rancor, he is gentle and patient with them. <coughs> As verse 1 says, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. Or it could be translated, he now showed them the full extent of his love. And what happened next is part of that. Loving them as he did, he takes the opportunity yet again to teach them an important lesson. Can you sense John's wonder even as he wrote? Jesus, knowing who and what he was, made his actions so amazing, unforgettable. Today, this is the way that the Lord, Lord Jesus, by his Holy Spirit, deals with us. He deals with us in love, in ways we don't deserve. He patiently teaches us a lesson that perhaps he has wanted us to learn many times before. He doesn't deal with us in anger. He doesn't write us off as hopeless. We fail many times, but he is loving and patient and puts us right. How Jesus was with his disciples on that evening is how he treats us today. What was the lesson he taught them? What did he want them to learn? John says, when he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. 
Do you understand what I've done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I've set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. This isn't another ordinance like baptism or the Lord's Supper. It's not something he wanted them to do every Sunday. The, the Pope has a foot washing ceremony every Monday, Thursday, I believe. Uh, and there have been churches that have practiced this literally, washing one another's feet. But there's no record of the apostles watching one another's feet later or washing the feet of new Christians as we read the book of Acts. Jesus is talking about attitudes. Do you understand what I've done to you? Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. No, it's not about just washing feet. I want you to be ready to serve one another in any way needed, even the most menial of tasks. And this, they are the representative of all future Christian believers. This is what he wants. He had told them before. He taught them about humility and service, but clearly it had not sunk in. For instance, once John and his brother James even asked if they could sit either side of Jesus in his heavenly kingdom. And Jesus at that time said to his disciples, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first must be your slave, just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Luke tells us, that there was an argument about who would be the greatest that surfaced again at this very evening. The attitude that Jesus wanted in his disciples, that he wants in his disciples, is so against the grain of normal human nature. And we can fall into the same trap. We easily compare ourselves with others. We can consider ourselves more important or more respectable or more effective than others. We can do it even without realizing. Perhaps unconsciously we say to ourselves, I don't need to do that. Now, this isn't for me to do. Now, the apostles didn't misunderstand him. Remember in Acts there were problems about the distribution of food on one occasion. And the apostle said, well, it's not right for us to leave the word of God and prayer to serve tables. That's not a job that we should do. Uh, were they making a mistake? Well, they knew what their calling was. It wasn't a matter of pride. And so there was nothing wrong. But our Lord Jesus here is teaching them about attitude. No matter who we are or what our calling, what our role, we must have an attitude of service to others. 
Whoever we are, we must be prepared to render humble service to others. The Apostle John wrote later, Jesus Christ laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. Let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. The Apostle Peter would write later, live in harmony with one another, be sympathetic, love as brothers, be compassionate and humble. All of you clothe yourselves with humility. The Apostle Paul reminded the Romans, don't think of yourself more highly than you ought to think. And then that classic passage that Paul wrote to the Philippians. Don't look to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, becoming obedient even to death on a cross. New Zealander Richard Gillard wrote in the 20th century, Brother, sister, let me serve you. Let me be as Christ to you. Pray that I may have the grace to let you be my servant too. We are pilgrims on a journey and companions on the road. We are here to help each other walk the mile and bear the load. I will weep when you are weeping. When you laugh, I'll laugh with you. I will share your sorrow, your joy and sorrow, till we've seen this journey through. When we sing to God in heaven, we shall find such harmony, born of all we've known together of Christ's love and agony. There's blessing in learning this lesson. Jesus said, if you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. Who is our teacher? The Lord Jesus Christ himself, preparing to return to his father. What was the lesson? Be prepared to render humble service. What else did the lesson teach? There was something else, and we have to thank Peter for this. You remember Jesus starts to wash the disciples' feet and comes to Peter Peter says, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replies, you don't understand what I'm doing now, but you will afterwards. Never, says Peter, you'll never wash my feet. Jesus says, if I don't wash you, you have no share, no part with me. If I don't wash you, you don't belong to me. Oh, Lord, not my feet only, but my hands and my head. Do I have a heart like Peter's? This was commitment, devotion, warmth, similar to Mary's in offering that expensive ointment. Let's not be too quick to criticize him. Peter still had a lot to learn about himself, but he loved Jesus. He wanted to be at one with him. And then 
Jesus gives the explanation. Those who've had a bath need only to wash their feet. Their whole body is clean. Someone who's had a complete wash or a bath before coming to the meal needs only to have the dust from the road washed off. And you are clean, he said to them. That is, you're already washed. The inner spiritual meaning of what Jesus had done becomes clear. You are all clean already. Their relationship to Jesus, believing in his words, believing in him made them clean, except for Judas. They were forgiven men. And a couple of chapters later on that same evening, Jesus says to his disciples, when Judas was absent, already you are clean through the word I have spoken to you. This is an illustration of our standing as Christian believers. It's a picture of the Christian life. But it's not about baptism. It is that when we come to our Lord Jesus Christ, asking for the forgiveness of sins, when we receive him as our Savior, our Lord and our Master, as Jesus said in our story, we enter into a new relationship with him. When he truly belongs us, brings us into God's family, we are forgiven people, and that never changes. We have a new status, a new standing. Our old nature still troubles us. We fail. We fall into sin, sometimes by mistake, sometimes without realizing it, sometimes even deliberately. But we don't go back to where we were before we first believed in Jesus. As we walk the Christian pathway, our feet get dirty, just like the disciples walking to the Passover meal. We don't go back to square one when we fall. It's wrong to say, I've done badly, I've lost my salvation, I've sinned, therefore I'm not a Christian. What we should say is, I've got my feet dirty today, I need to have them washed clean. His cleansing of us from our sin and bringing us into his Father's family is once for all. When our feet get dirty, we need to get them washed. And John who wrote this gospel, wrote later in his letter, we have fellowship with him as we walk in the light. And if we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. When we get into trouble in our Christian lives, we may lose our joy, but not our status. Someone has said, we don't need another sacrifice, but another confession. The sins of the past, including the ones we don't know about and the ones that we've forgotten, are all forgiven. We come asking forgiveness and cleansing for the sins of today or the sins of the past week to keep our relationship in tune. It's important to do this but we always remain amongst God's forgiven people. Our Heavenly Father wants us to feel secure in the Lord Jesus Christ. 
Don't let our enemy, the devil, ever rob you of that. He's a liar. But it is important that we keep our repentance up to date. As we are aware of failure and sin, we need to confess, we need to repent and ask forgiveness again on the basis of what Jesus has done for us on the cross. An unforgettable lesson for John? May it be an unforgettable lesson for us. Who our Lord Jesus Christ was and is today, his glory, his love, his patience. The importance of a humble attitude, willing to serve one another. And our standing as Christians and the importance of daily forgiveness. Don't forget. Let us pray together. Our gracious God and Heavenly Father, we thank you again for our Lord Jesus Christ. We ask that we may remember who he was then and who he is now, that we may remember the lesson that he taught his disciples and help us to put it into practice. Help us to remember the importance of seeking daily forgiveness, but to be secure in the Lord Jesus. We thank you. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.